Hey everyone, welcome to Way of Life Podcast, where we firmly believe that everyone picks a way in life and what way you pick is extremely important and directly affects how you live. In this podcast, we seek to interview people from all around Australia and beyond on life's most important topics. Whether you're a Christian, a skeptic, or someone with a whole heap of questions, this podcast is for you. My name is Matt, a pastor living in Brisbane, Australia. This is Way of Life Podcast. Welcome everyone in person or online to another uh, Way of Life podcast. It's uh, awesome. We've got another one here tonight uh, with our special guest, Letitia Shelton. I'll introduce her in a a minute, but I just thought I'd let anyone know who's watching online or in person uh, just the topic for tonight, just in case there's might be two young ears in in your opinion. Um, So we're we're actually going to be talking about the the dangers of pornography um, and what we can kind of do to, to break free from that and um, support other people around that. So, um, And we're going to have some Q&A as well after the main talk. So if you want to ask any questions uh, from Letitia, um, you can go to slido.com. It'll come up on the screen behind us throughout the uh, throughout the podcast. Um, and the code is 4130535. And that'll come up on the screen. Um, we normally just go with the most voted questions, but if we find one that isn't actually appropriate, I, I won't be asking it, just so you guys know. But on to big, bigger and greater things. Um, Letitia, so a little bit about Letitia. She can fill us in a little bit more. So she lives in Toowoomba. Um, she is the founder of uh, City Women and A City Free From Porn. She regularly speaks all around Australia and even overseas, as we've been talking just before the podcast. Um, and she's the author of many, many books. So, um, Letitia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How thank are you? Thank you, Matt. Yeah, good to be here with you tonight. Yeah, it's awesome. So, um, I thought I'd dive straight into it. I wanted, wondered if you could tell us a little bit about what um, a city free from porn is. Yes, it's a campaign that myself and the mayor of our city started about uh, five years ago. And it really came out of um, about 15 years of me working with teenage girls. And we realised a lot of these girls um, had suffered abuse, uh, rape, incest. And and we'll always continue to help them. But I became aware that porn was at the bottom of a lot of these issues, driving Mm -hmm. um, those issues in our nation. Actually, I remember one day sitting down and just reading the Australian newspaper and reading that the number one abuser in our nation was the brother, um, because he was acting out what he'd seen on porn on family members generally. And so that really um, picked (laughs) my brain, uh, because I I love to help um, the vulnerable, but I want to get to the bottom of what causes a lot of these issues. Yeah, absolutely. And then also um, in my city of Toowoomba, I sit on a domestic violence committee, and we want to see an end to domestic violence in Toowoomba, but the fact that 88% of pornography is violence against women um, is huge. So again, if we're gonna address these issues, we've gotta talk about what is fueling it, which no one wants to. Um, 
And so I thought, well, um, let's make some noise in our city. And I was thankful that our mayor wanted to get alongside of me yep. and be a voice as well. So City Free From Porn is really a, um, an awareness campaign. Yep. Um, people might think that's a stupid name. You'll never be able to create a city free from porn. What are you going to do, ban it? Um, and I wish I could, <laughs> but I don't have those powers. But it's really to make the citizens of Toowoomba aware of the um, harm, and especially young people, because at yeah. the moment, they think porn is really cool. It's the num number one sex educator. And so I want to at least uh, go to heaven knowing I've given them a choice. Yeah, and um, they know the harms. It's like the anti-smoking campaign. Um, we know the harms of smoking, and so I want our city to know the harms of porn, and, mm. and you still get to choose. We all get a choice, what Absolutely. we watch. Yep. So it's really been about raising awareness of the harms of porn. Yeah, that's awesome. So what, is, what does that kind of look like on a weekly basis, and um, I guess what kind of results have you seen uh, so far? Yeah, well, it's just one of the many things I do, so I kind of double with it on the side, actually looking to employ someone to help... Uh, champion it well, that's but awesome. um, it looks like billboards in our city so we um, crowd fund billboards that go up in the center of town that just have different sayings and direct people to our website yep. it's looked like uh, radio ads television ads yep. uh, every year myself and the mayor do a big rally um, uh, outside town hall where we get local people to share their stories wow. of the impact of porn yeah um, it looks like I've just finished doing a huge campaign this year to get 20,000 of these books, How to Talk to Your Kids About Porn, wow. on the doorsteps of homes in our city. So, so to empower parents to have the conversation. So Absolutely. it's just kind of every year I'm like, well, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. What direction? Just keep um, kicking dust up in the air and making a noise and yeah, wow. having conversations. That's so cool. And you just did a, a bike ride, I saw, to raise funds for the, that yes. book, didn't you? <laughs> Yes, I rode from Darwin to Broome, which is around two and a half thousand kilometres. That's a long way. It's a long way, <laughs> over three weeks. Uh, it got cut into two years because of COVID. Um, oh, fun. <laughs> but um, it was great to finish it, and we raised $120,000 to get 20,000 of those into homes, thanks to volunteers who just said yeah. we want to um, deliver so them good. into homes. Yeah. It's good that the mayor's on board with that. Um, I can imagine that would make life a lot easier with trying to do that. Look, it's, it's just great to, I think we've got to work with um, our politicians. Yeah. Um, and it's great to have people with a profile uh, willing to stand up. It's not a cool political choice to speak out against porn. No. And uh, <laughs> he's received his share of um, backlash. But then he's also said it's been amazing the number of women on council who have come into his office and thanked him. Wow. Um, behind closed doors because they're at home suffering mm. um, with, with a partner who's addicted to porn. So, um, you know, it works both ways. Absolutely. But we need more men in this battle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what we need can men do in that sense? Uh, they can, well, if they're struggling, they probably need to get help first, yeah, which yeah. would be awesome. But, but also, to be honest about their own struggles, and I've said to guys, I don't care if you're still struggling and you're willing to just get up and say... I'm still struggling, but it's hard mm. and I need help. Yep. Um, and this is the damage it's done to me. Yeah. So I think um, getting help, but then a male voice is really powerful because Absolutely. I think people tell me, well, every man watches porn. Well, mm. they don't. <laughs> I know a lot of men who don't. Yeah. Um, and so to have men stand up and say, no, we don't, and this is not cool, and this is not um, how, how women should be treated or viewed is yeah. really important.
Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the dangers of pornography? I, I've, I've listened to other talks before and it's quite alarming. So I wondered if you could kind of go into how kind of the depths of how, how, how bad this, this is actually mm. in our society and what kind of um, effect it's having. Yes, uh, there's just so much research out there and not to mention stories um, which are powerful. But um, one of the biggest ones is the fact that it rewires your brain. Mm. Um, and again, I've talked to brain surgeons around the world who have uh, talked about the impact that it does on the brain. Our brain is full of little wires and I guess trees that fire and a healthy brain looks alive and firing, but a brain on porn is beginning to shrivel. It actually um, really? destroys your brain cells. Oh my goodness. And I, I remember speaking a few years ago at a school in Fiji where the principal said to me, I know our students are watching pornography because their grades are going down. Wow. Um, so it, it affects your brain, which then makes you think, oh, she's an object, because, um, you know, if, if you're going to start hitting and bashing somebody, you, you're going to usually view them as an object, not a human being Absolutely. to protect. Yeah, yeah. So it rewires the, uh, the brain. Um, mm. It's addictive, very addictive, um, just like a drug, um, yep. cocaine, it, it does the same, has the same addiction um, on your on your brain in that way. Mm. Uh, it, it stops your ability to actually have a real relationship, yeah. um, to develop the empathy, to work hard. I mean, it's just a lot easier to watch porn than actually do the hard work mm. on uh, working through a relationship with a human being. Um, and women can be complex and we can be hard work. <laughs> and so can men. Uh, well, both ways, isn't it? But sometimes, well, if I can just get my sexual gratification from porn, it's a lot easier than having to work through um, it. You know, mm. there's huge statistics around erectile dysfunction, um, just everywhere, loneliness, mm. uh, depression, anxiety. So um, you name it, porn affects it, really. Yeah. What... Um how young um, are some of these kind of people that, that watch it? And is, uh, because I know um, I've heard it a couple of times that we've always, we always kind of tend to focus on men because the vast mm. majority of the statistics seems to be that it's men watching it. Um, but I've heard that it's, it's growing in, in, in mm. females as well. Absolutely. Um, they say that one in three visitors to websites are now female. Wow. Um, and since I've started this campaign, because I'm always talking about porn, uh, a lot of young women, and especially young women in churches, actually a 64-year-old female grandmother wow. um, shared her struggle today oh, yeah. with it. So um, just when you think you can't hear anymore, you are. <laughs> yeah, wow. um, so it's certainly that the porn industry, it's a $150 billion industry run by smart wow. people who want to make a lot of money and ruin lives. And so they know they've got the males hooked. Yeah. Uh, so now they're going after the females. So it's, um, it's an area that is impacting females. And again, the statistics um, around females who watch porn are more likely to be sexually abused because the porn has groomed them to believe that this is acceptable behavior. Mm. Whereas the last man who tried to touch me, I kicked him so hard and said, <laughs> don't you ever do that to me again, yep. because I know that I'm valuable. Absolutely. Um, and that's not how women are treated. But women who are watching porn are go, oh, this is normal behavior. Mm. Oh, if he wants to choke me during sex, okay. Um, and that has a whole bunch of complications yeah. <laughs> with it. Absolutely. So how does, how does someone get 
to that that point of um, like how does that process mm. happen? Because I can't imagine it would be just like an overnight no. type thing where one minute you're not watching porn and the next and then you're completely changed. Yeah, well, again, it's uh, like a drug. And I actually heard Alan Meyer a few years ago do a session on how you go from just starting out watching porn to being a sex offender in prison. Mm. And it is a slow, gradual um, progression, but um, just like drugs, you can never stay at one level. You always need to keep going on harder and weirder and stronger stuff to get that hit. Yeah. Um, and so that's how you continue to go from here to next thing you're choking someone, um, yeah, which is horrible. really sick. And in fact, I don't know if you're aware, but last year Brisbane opened up a strangulation trauma centre. What? Yes, so this is where we're leading. And again, no one's gonna go, oh, that's because of porn, because no one, <laughs> they wanna protect that area. Absolutely. Uh, especially our politicians too, it's big money. Um, they're probably involved in it, a lot of uh, them. Um, and so it's, um, yeah, it's not cool to speak out about it. So you're in a roundabout way saying it's actually not harmless because a lot of people, I, I, I've, uh, I mean, particularly, uh, friends that have had that uh, maybe don't come from a Christian background, they've kind of gone, oh, it's just, it's just kind of everyday talk. Like, mm. of course I, I look at that. Like, of course, it's harmless. Like, it's fine. Um, but it does just does not seem to be the case. But I'm curious, why do you think, why do you think people are so blind to it um, of the effects of pornography? Oh, it's a selfish, self-gratification culture that we live in mm. um, and maybe because it's um, dulling their brain cells <laughs> so <True>. they become <laughs> blind. Uh, look, and again, um, if I wasn't a Christian, you know, you can't expect Christians to have the same foundation, I mean non-Christians, yeah. to have the same worldview as we do. Um, and so they're growing up in a culture where it is everywhere. It's on Instagram, TikTok, it's in movies, music videos. So it's the normalised wallpaper of their life. And so, and, and because we're silent about it and no one is alarming them, mm. um, and in fact you have some schools or counsellors teaching them that it's okay, that um, really? porn can be empowering and that you know yeah. um, that, that there's nothing wrong with it and so there's a whole range of reasons why we're blinded to it um, mm. but it's just become the normalized everyday thing <laughs> it's, it's so horrible I actually can't wrap my head around it so you're saying that it's probably more to do with money really at the end of the day and kind of selfish desire because how does one not see that kind of the root cause of some of this kind of violence that happens isn't just doesn't just come out of nowhere? I struggle to see how people can't see that. Look, um, and you asked me before and I didn't answer what are some of the wins we're seeing in our city. Yeah. Um, and I have seen some turn as I've been able to educate, like last year I spoke, the head of our hospital got me to speak to her team. Yeah. And I did a session on the link between porn and violence. And so those types of people, they could see it, but they just had no idea. No one had ever really brought the link. Mm. Uh, the police in our city, I, I've been meeting with um, policeman, the head of crime, and it took him three years before he was convinced um, <laughs> that wow. there was a link between porn and, um, again, the abuse. Mm. So, and with our politicians, I go and sit with them regularly because, again, they're not sitting behind their desks studying this stuff. So my job is to keep updating them. So there are, you know, just good people who go, oh my goodness, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, because no one's telling them and no one's bringing the links. So yeah. look, we are seeing um, 
people really, and I think because we've been able to get local people speak up. Mm. Um, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of guys in their 30s say, I wish someone had told me at 14 it's this early. was wrong. Yeah. Um, it would have, I probably would have stopped, but no one mm. did. There was silence. And so now to have um, people speaking up in our city saying this is not cool, um, it, it's planting good seeds. Absolutely. Yeah, it seems like we lived in, live in quite a, I guess, sexualized culture. There's a lot of talk on sexuality and gender and that type of thing. So kind of pornography being fairly well accepted within that kind of uh, frame of mind or ideology seems to make quite a lot of sense. They're, they're all linked. They're all in bed together. Um, the, the, the abortion industry, um, yeah, everything, the sex industry, um, mm. prostitution, they're all together because they all feed into each other. Yeah. Um, and so the more porn you can get going, hopefully the more sex, then the more abortions and the more money, and um, yeah. then hopefully you're sending more people to the prostitutes and it's one big vicious cycle. Absolutely. Um, and all money driven. It's really horrible. This is a bit of an obvious question, but I thought it'd be worth asking. Other than kind of the the bad kind of uh, implications of looking at porn, like why is it actually a problem? If someone was to ask you like, why is it wrong? Um, particularly from a Christian perspective, how would you answer that? I would say at, at the core of the issue is the um, breaking down of the dignity of human beings. Mm. Um, not just for the woman who's you know behind the camera, but for the man, he's breaking down his own dignity. Mm. <laughs> and so I think as Christians, we believe that every human being has um, such dignity, such worth, uh, such beauty. Mm. And so um, porn is just a direct violation of that yeah. um, in every single way. Not to mention then it breaks down uh, your ability as a person to have healthy relationships, healthy marriages. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, at the core of, of that, though, it's, it's really human dignity yeah. to me yeah. um, on both sides. How does it kind of, what does it look like when it's kind of breaking down your ability to, to love or be in, in a relationship? What do you mean by that? Yeah, let me talk about, um, I've got a friend, I'll call her um, Jenny. Yep. But she's a real life person from my city. Um, one day Jenny messaged me and said, because I post a lot on Facebook, and she said, can we have coffee? And I had known, I'd seen Jenny at a few different churches in my city and met her along the way, but we actually sat down for coffee and she said, um, I need to tell you something. I used to be a porn star. Yeah, and I, right. I was shocked. <laughs> Jenny, okay. <laughs> but I was also intrigued. I was like, please tell me your story. Yeah. And she said, all... Oh, she said, I grew up from a broken family, had no father, and I was abused as well. Um, but all I ever wanted to do was be a nurse. And I finally graduated from school, got a job at our local hospital. Mm. And one day I was just walking down the corridor of the hospital and a man stopped me and said, um, hey, you're a pretty woman. Would you like to come and do some modeling? And uh, of course she found that very enticing. And yeah. so she went off and joined this company. Um, and before you knew it, uh, she said they were suddenly writing things into the contract, you know, clothes were needing to come off, this and that. Um, mm. You kind of arrive and they'd say, today you're doing this and you couldn't really back out. Um, wow. And then before she knew it, she was over in um, LA, in Amsterdam, doing these shoots and she just said the things that they asked you to do were so degrading and that's yeah. what porn is it's Absolutely. it's so degrading and she said no one in her right mind can you know shoot these um 
porn scenes normally. So she had to start taking drugs, yeah, wow. which created a full-blown drug addiction for her. Yeah. And uh, then in order to get the drugs, she had to start stealing. Oh, so, wow. um, you know, she was stealing to get the drugs to do the porn shoots. Um, mm. Talk about breaking down your dignity and your value as a human yeah. being. Um, and again, you think, well, why doesn't Jenny just get out of it and run away? But you don't always understand when you're stuck in this cycle and you've got these men over you and threatening things. Uh, and eventually she got caught, actually. Mm. And um, she now has a, a criminal record and can never go wow. back to nursing. But she then spent the next five years of her life in rehab, trying wow. to get her life back together. So when people tell me, and this is an argument People tell me in my city, um, non-Christians, they'll say, me and my partner, we watch porn and it's empowering and, and I'm not out there raping anyone and it's, it's not harming us. And I say, well, let me just tell you about my friend Jenny yeah. um, because this is where it's landed her. Mm. Uh, and I get to speak to a lot of ex-porn stars because I speak at these conferences yeah. all over the world. Yeah. Um, and, and they're all got PTSD or got huge mental health issues. Wow. So. Just being in the industry alone, you know, so the ones who are in the industry are messed up, let alone the ones who are watching it. Yeah. Um, so it's affecting everyone's lives at every Absolutely. different angle. Yeah. Because I imagine what it would do uh, watching it regularly, particularly if you're in a relationship, is that it kind of, like you were saying before, it kind of almost objectify. Um, and it's, it's less about um, kind of love and commitment to each other but more about how can you serve me in a way oh, it's hugely selfish and um sorry book plugs here if anyone's <laughs> zooming on these this is a brilliant book that's just come out um i just read it finished reading it this weekend called he chose porn over me mm. it's written by melinda tankard reese she's oh. australia's premier speaker and researcher yep. on this and so it's really the stories of about 20 to 30 australian women yep. so these are current day um, who, who were in relationships with porn-addicted men or married. Mm. Um, and so there is no sense of beauty in their no. sex life. Um, and, and so um, the addiction, I mean, it talks about, yeah, men trying to strangle their wives, um, oh, yeah. the things they did to daughters or other family members. These are just your everyday <laughs> people. And yeah. I highly recommend it for um, young adults because uh, I've been telling, I've been working with teenage girls for 20 years and yeah. said, don't you ever go into a relationship with a porn addicted person. Mm. And they, they think I'm nuts. But... Um, this book will scare you out of it. Absolutely. <laughs> or a porn addicted woman. I mean, women get addicted to porn too. Um, but yeah, um, it's, it just impacts, takes the beauty out of what Absolutely. God created sex to be. Uh, it seems to take the kind of, the love God and love others out of it and just goes love yourself. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Mm. How, how do you help like, how would you help, uh, I guess, yeah, here we go. Um, how would you equip a church or, say, a youth group or particularly parents, I'd say? I think that's the best place to start. Um, how would you equip parents to actually have these kind of conversations with, with kids? It's not, it's not the most fun conversation. Yeah. That's why I was like, I really want to have this kind of conversation you know, yeah. on the podcast, but it's it's necessary one, but it can be a bit awkward. It can be confronting. Um, so I wondered if you kind of had any... Um, advice for us there 
Absolutely. Well, that's why I rode half across Australia to get this book. Um, yeah. And so, look, there's great resources. There's a million websites out there mm. uh, and you recommend it to people and they don't go to them. And that's why I thought I've got to get a book on their doors. But this yeah. book, How to Talk to Your Kids About Pornography, it just outlays what is pornography, how to have the conversations in age-appropriate mm. ways. Because how does you speak to a five-year-old is different to how you'll speak to a 15-year-old. Mm. Um, but you still, if you're gonna give your kid a device, um, you better have spoken to them that they're gonna see naked, rude pictures and um, that they can come and tell mummy or daddy. Yeah. Um, because if they don't, they see this and then it sparks something in their body physi physiologically, yeah. um, but they know it's shameful, but they keep going back and forth to it. So to be yeah. able to say, you're gonna see this, Come and tell mum you're not a bad yeah. person. Yep. Uh, there's another great website, uh, Protect Young Minds. It's brilliant, has yep. all the resources out there. So there's so much. Um, mm. And I think for, for the sake of parents, you, you just can't be silent. Um, I think if you can create an open family, and yeah. yes, it will be awkward maybe. Yeah, um, <laughs> but worth it. <laughs> but the porn industry is talking to your kids whether you like it or not. And unfortunately... I find that Christian parents are a bit naive sometimes, thinking, well, my kids aren't watching porn. Um, okay. But porn is predatory. Mm. It wants your children. And um, I was in Washington, D.C. a few years ago at, speaking at a conference, and the speaker before me talked about the software that the porn industry uses to get in front of our children. Mm. Uh, and he said it's the same software that the American army used to track down Osama bin Laden. Oh so there's software that knows how to, you know, <laughs> right. um, which just boggles my mind. Yeah. But um, again, it's a $150 billion industry. So, Huge and, and they're strategic, they're coordinated, they're on the front foot. Um, I mean, we're looking at the moment, and I've been working with a group in America, around um, Pornhub, the, the number one porn website in the world. Yeah. Um, and it looks like we're going to bring it down because we've found all these crime scenes on it. Really? Which I will rejoice at, but I bet you in two and a half seconds something else is going to pop up. <laughs> I've often thought that if you can kind of take down the giant, particularly if it's anything to do with online. Absolutely. Usually something will It will it. pop up again. Yeah. Um, I mean, what I love is that we're, we've put in a bunch of lawsuits and we're holding these evil people accountable. Absolutely. Um, which is really, and it's justice for all the victims who have found their rape videos being sold as porn on Pornhub. Wow. That's um, tragic. It is tragic. So, but yeah, it'll, it'll all pop up somewhere else. So yeah. we've, um, parents, our, our government did a survey of Australian parents and 77% uh, of parents said it's their job to speak to kids about porn, but mm. less than half do. Wow. And I think it's just a lack of being equipped. So get a hold of some of these resources. Absolutely. But then the church, please, the church has got, <laughs> this is not divorced from our Christianity. Yeah. And we've got to speak into these issues. Absolutely. And there's plenty of great scripture verses out there. Yeah. Uh, we've got to lift the shame. Um, and the reason why people aren't coming and getting help is because we don't talk about it mm. and they don't feel like we're a safe place. Yeah. Um, and so the church has got to speak up about it and, uh, and we'll keep working on society as well. Yeah, there you go. Have you got any like, thoughts of um, doing other cities? Uh, I'll <laughs> tell you this story. And the first year that we began, um, we, we started with a big mayor's rally um, in the centre of town 
and and it was great. We just did an hour before work, and then people go off to work, but it all got filmed and put online, and um, I was doing media all over the world. Yeah. Uh, it was just, I think people thought we were a city free from porn. Oh, right. <laughs> like, and, and media was, you know, um, at, uh, reporting that we were, and anyway, it was hilarious. But um, a few... Anyway, we'd started and just gone everywhere, and, and I tend to, I'm a pioneer, so I tend to start things and then just work out what we're doing along the way. Yeah. And I remember a few months after thinking, oh gosh, what have I done here, you know? I've made a big scene and people are abusing me and oh, no. it's gone all over the world and whatever. Um, but then I got an email from a lady in Paris and she said, Letitia, we've seen what you're doing, we need to speak to you. And I wow. said, oh, okay, I gave her my number. She kept calling in the middle of the night. Um, <laughs> Classic European. Eventually she calls at a time when I was awake and she said, I'm calling on behalf of the president of France. What? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I was like, what? And she said, we've seen what you're doing uh, in your city and the president can um, see that porn is destroying our society. She said, wow. will you come over and help us? <laughs> oh my goodness. And I was... Um, yeah, trying to pick myself up. I was, you know, here I am trying to work out how to do Twum, but not knowing my next step. Uh, and I said, and I just say, yep, you know, we'll work it out. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, she said, well, we've got elections next month, so I'll be in contact with you after that. And that president didn't get back in. Oh, no. But I felt like God say to me, you want a city free from porn? I want nations free. Yeah, amen. Um, you know, when, just when you think that you've got a big vision, God's got an even bigger vision. Yeah. Um, so look, we've been able to equip some cities, um, but um, I do a lot of work in Fiji, as I mentioned before, and yeah. we launched Fiji Free From Porn right before COVID. Could you tell us a bit about that? That'd be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I'll um, go back a bit. I used to live in Fiji when I was 15. Our family moved there to work with the church and my parents put me in an all-girls Fijian school. So I was the only white girl with 500 <laughs> beautiful brown girls. It was good to be a minority. It's a <laughs> prestigious school. So, you know, a lot of chief's daughters and um, the president's daughters and everyone went there and then little old white me. We were just there for a year, but it was had a profound impact in my life. I came back to Australia. Um, but then in 2019, some of my classmates were seeing what I was doing and said, can you come back to Fiji? Because we rate wow. fourth highest in the world for Googling porn. And wow. two out of three women are raped. Two out of three. Um, yes. And so what? I said, sure, I'm coming. Uh, so 30 years on, some of my classmates are now in federal politics because um, wow. it was a prestigious girls' school. They're lawyers, um, yeah. they're business people. So we've joined together to launch Fiji Free From Porn. That's so cool. Uh, the first ever speech in parliament on pornography was made by my good friend uh, who's in parliament there. Awesome. And we've established a team. And just in May, I was back in Fiji for the whole month of May, our team uh, joined together with the police band <laughs> and a rugby team and marched around the whole main island. Um, it only took one week. Um, at, you know, raising awareness around wow. pornography. And this is a culture that is so silent. You know, you don't yeah. talk about sex, <laughs> even yep. though they're all doing it. Wow. Um, you don't talk about these issues. So, uh, look, they're doing a great job. Mm. So um, that's, hey, maybe that's the nation. That's so cool. So uh, One yep. nation at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, we're not here to do what's possible. We're here to 
do the impossible. If we believe that God is the God of the impossible, I think our visions are too small. And uh, I don't know how it's all going to happen and I don't have the ability, but you just keep saying yes to God and moving forward and it's amazing what he does. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) He's got it. He's got it. I want to kind of switch to a little bit of how would you kind of help people that are going through it? And I'll particularly... I think there's different stages in my mind. There's the person that actually hasn't told anyone. There's the person who kind of has and seeking help. And then um, there's people that can actually help those who do uh, admit it. So how do you, if someone came up to you and kind of went, I'm really struggling with teacher with this, how, how can you kind of uh, partner with them to help them? Yes, and I wish there was um, a one-size-fits-all. I've learnt that you just can't put people, oh, just go do that course and you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some people have the ability to just kind of go, okay, I've confessed and I don't want it anymore and I've turned away. Mm. Um, others, it will be a five-year journey and, yeah. you know, struggling back and forth. And sometimes, you know, if you've been deep in it, I wonder if, you know, the residue of it, if you ever fully get free, I don't, I mean, you've just got to be on, we've all got to be on guard because it's Absolutely. everywhere. Yeah. Um, and so, look, and this is not my strength because I am more of an activist and, yeah. and a speaker, but we've worked hard at establishing in our city, um, we've just, we rang up a heap of counsellors and said, do you do counselling around porn addiction and yeah, got their okay. names. So we put them on our website. That's great. We've tried to work with churches to get them to run, um, there's different courses out there. Yeah. Um, most cities have a group called Sexaholic Anonymous, um, like Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, right. um, and so we've found them in our city. So I've just tried to find a whole range of um, yeah. different avenues and say, hey, these are the options. You're going to have to... Some people do really well in groups. Others just want to use an online course or something. Yeah. And, and it is different for everyone. Absolutely. Uh, I think... If you're sitting here or listening to this and you are currently struggling, um, the first step is just to tell someone. Yeah. <laughs> and can I, um, I mean, it's amazing how the enemy wants us to think that we're the only one. Mm. Um, but my good friend, Melinda Tankard, Reese, who speaks in schools all over Australia, she says actually the Christian schools are the worst. Wow. Um, because of the shame, you know, we know that we're not meant to, we're Christians, mm. I shouldn't be in this. Um, and so the shame factor, yeah. is huge um, but just going and telling someone you'll be surprised how that someone will go yep I've struggled too <laughs> yeah wow um, and I think the sooner we all admit that we've struggled somewhere along the way um, the better off we'll all be <laughs> yeah absolutely the sooner you can get better because mm-hmm. I know there's like a few even like um, like softwares that you can get for like phones and tablets and things like that like yeah. I think one of them called Covenant Eyes. Yeah. Um, I think there's, I can't remember what the other one is. Fight I started the, looking into it recently. Yeah. Fight the New Drug is just a oh, brilliant yeah. organisation that comes out of America. Yeah. Um, and if you go on their website, they have all the articles and the research and the resources wow. available to men. I think they have some apps and different things and accountability groups that you can get mm. involved in. So um, they are probably one of the premier um, main front people fighting this battle and Absolutely. doing it really well, uh, reaching millions of people That's all so over good. the world. Mm. Yeah, I've read a bunch of their articles. They're, they're scary, but fascinating. Um, wondered if, uh, is there any way uh, that we can kind of support you in, in this kind of journey um, that you're, you're on with 
fighting this this really really big porn problem we have in our society yeah the best way you can support me is by doing something (laughs) in your own community or your wider community Uh, even though I'm a pastor in Toowoomba I've always been taught that we're not here to pastor our own church but our city yeah. Uh, and Jeremiah like 29 that. tells us to seek the welfare of our city. Mm. And it's so, and that's why I just never wanted this to be about my church or mm. a few churches in my city. But, and that would be easier. Yeah. Um, but once you go public and make it a city-wide issue, you open yourself up to a lot of um, criticism, but mm. then uh, a lot of great stuff as well. Um, and so I think, you know, the more that the church can kind of, and it might look different to you, but I think the church should be the ones speaking up in the face of evil and oppression. And Absolutely. one of my favorite quotes that drives me every day is by a German theologian, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Oh, yes. uh, and he says, to be silent in the face of evil is more evil than the evil itself. Mm. Um, and the church is just, we're so good at being silent around wow. these cultural issues. Yeah. Um, but then also we should be declaring that there's a far, that God has a far greater plan for sexuality. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and that's, you know, it's something beautiful. And in these boundaries, even though people might laugh at us, um, it's amazing. Um, and so, you know, for myself, I'm a single woman, I'm a virgin and I do a lot of work with sex workers in our city. We're in and out of the brothels and strip clubs and I let them know this is my journey. And they actually really uh, admire me because they understand how their lifestyle has messed them up and they can tell that I'm not a broken bitter person because yeah. I've slept with every Tom, Dick and Harry, literally. Yeah. So, you know, our stories uh, and living a different way, the early church turned the world upside down because they were different. Absolutely. <laughs> and they offered something more exciting and better. Yeah. And uh, the fact that the world doesn't want to, they're not running in here. <laughs> uh, and so our job is to run out there. Looks a little, we so look anyway. kind of too similar, I reckon, at times to we're, the world out there. We're, we're blending in um, and we, we don't want to, we don't want the persecution. We don't want to stick our heads up, mm. um, but we've got to, otherwise we're losing the battle. Absolutely. I just had this last little thought before we go into some questions. What would you, what would kind of be your message to someone who's feeling kind of incredible shame yeah. about this because yeah. um, I realize that's this, that's a that's a big factor in this kind of cycle of continuing down this road is that you kind of feel shame you feel horrible um, you obviously don't want to tell anyone you're scared about what people will think and then you kind of end up going back to it and absolutely it's like a, uh, look it's very real um, shame but I think it's a, a great tactic again from the enemy to keep mm. us stuck and silent yeah uh, and if I can just bring some scripture into this um, yeah. one of my favorite scripture scripture chapters is Matthew 1 it's actually really boring because it's 44 names and it's yeah. usually one of those chapters you skip because you can't pronounce half the names <laughs> but in there are five women you've got Rahab who was a prostitute tamer who disguised herself as a prostitute to sleep with her father-in-law to get pregnant mm-hmm. you've got Bathsheba who was kind of essentially raped by David uh, you've got Ruth, who was, her ancestry is a Moabite, and they came about through incest. Yeah. And then you've got Mary, who, um, her shame came about because, you know, she was chosen <laughs> as a teenager to carry the Son of God. So you've got these five women in, in the family tree of Jesus. That's what yeah. Matthew 1 is. It's the family tree of Jesus. These yeah. five women who all have shame, 
Jesus doesn't put them in Leviticus that no one reads. <laughs> he brings these shameful women, sticks them right in the middle of his family, yeah. and he says, I'm not ashamed of them. I'm not ashamed of their mess. I'm going to redeem it. They're going to be a part of my family tree. Yeah. Uh, and he redeems it and makes it something beautiful. Absolutely. And so as long as we live in our shame and hide behind it, there'll never be redemption. There'll mm. never be beauty. Yeah. And so it, it will be hard and uncomfortable at the first, but um, it's taking that first step to get mm. help and to say, I need help and hopefully whoever you're telling won't shame and um, condemn yeah. you but will go yeah Jesus Jesus is always there in repentance Absolutely. so um, as long if we can lift the shame redemption and beauty can come in and freedom mm. Amen. it's good that we as people that might get told one day to not just try to condemn them to actually listen to them to love them I think that's mm-hmm. really important that's really good Leticia, thank you so much. Um, We're going to go to some Q&A in a minute here. Um, So for those of you online or in person, if you want to put any questions in to Leticia, um, put it through online, and then in about five minutes we'll uh, we'll come back together and uh, we'll answer a few of those questions. Um, And I think Leticia is going to be around just for a little bit at at the stand if you want to buy a book or want to chat to her about this kind of stuff. She'd be more than happy to do that. Um, and if you're watching online or at a future date, like go check out her stuff, get behind her and get behind that, um, that organization. So hey, can I just say for people absolutely. online who want those resources, um, you can go to our citywomen.com.au website and we've Great. got an online shop there. So yeah, you don't miss out. 